The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson. I'm your host here on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets, and welcome back if you are a loyal listener and listen weekly live or if you find us on archives. And you know what? If you're arriving for the first time, yay, I'm glad you're here. Welcome. We have a great show today, and you know, today is part two of our part two series, so I really appreciate if you are joining part two and did listen to part one. If not, take a look. You can find it on archives, and it was just a week ago that we had Dr. Stephen Farber on, so you'll want to hear the show in context, part one, part two. They're both valuable, so please do listen to both if you can, but I think you'll like today's show either way. The guest is going to share his own depth of addiction and depression, overachievement, and more today we're going to talk about helping ourselves, helping others, but more than anything, I appreciate you being listeners and followers. I thank you for your support, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, my website, checking out the press releases, you've been doing it all, and it shows, so thanks so very much. Website is qualityforlifecoaching.com. Hit me up. Ask me any questions. I can give you a complimentary session, anything you might need there. And there's a lot of good stuff there. It's interactive. It's got iTunes. It's got the radio shows. It's got press release there. It's even got a little button to buy Steve's book, As Sick As Our Secrets, which we'll talk about in a minute. So lots of stuff there. Facebook, Just Illuminating Now. And you'll see today we're going to be reading the names of people who answered a question and your names will be on the air and I will contact you on Facebook and I'll let you know that you are on this show so you can listen and hear yourself and hear what was said. Twitter is at sign illuminating now. So lots of good stuff. Our community, it's well over 20,000 and that's thanks to your choice to be here. You know what? We get to have this. That's choice in the world, right? That's a good thing. We get a choice and we get to create this and we get to have a place to gather wisdom and to gather enlightenment and to change for the better, whatever that might mean to your life. But to me, I believe collective wisdom is just a blatant gift. So having said that, I think it's awesome. I shared this with you last week, but I feel compelled for anyone who might not have heard it to share it again. I felt called to know Dr. Stephen Farber. I heard him on a show and I started Googling him and there's much that called out to me about this individual and what he'd been through. And I wrote him only 10 days after I launched this radio show. 
I probably had maybe two listeners, <laughs> maybe five, maybe 10. But I um, wasn't really as much about the show. I was interested in having him on, but I wanted to know him and know his story and really understand him. Since then, I have gotten to know him, respect him, learn about him, and we've become friends. His book is now one I use and refer in my coaching practice. My clients have it. Many of them have read it, bought it. It's featured on my website with a direct button to Amazon. I do not get anything from that. That is my choice. I don't want any kickback or anything. I only um, promote something that I really believe in. And I believe in this book. And I believe if I put it on my website, that I better believe every single person's going to just go, well, big fat thumbs up to that. And so trust me when I say you should check out this book, As Sick as Our Secrets. It's a book you'd want to read. And again, you can go straight through my website or Google Dr. Stephen Farber in Texas or go to Amazon and look up As Sick as Our Secrets. So I am going to tell you about Steve Farber. He was, well, let's start with his education. He received a bachelor's degree in English from Rutgers College before attending medical school. And after receiving his medical degree, he completed an internal medicine residency program and cardiology fellowship at the Baylor College of Medicine in Houston in Texas, 1983. Dr. Farber specialized in the diagnosis and treatment of cardiovascular diseases for over 25 years and practiced medicine in Conroe in the Woodlands, Texas. He founded this nonprofit organization, Heart of Montgomery County, a nonprofit organization whose mission was to improve access to affordable health care for the community's indigent and uninsured population. There were a lot of things these folks did that really reached out and really talked about these types of things we're about to bring up today. So it, it was amazing. He was a, a bit of a visionary. Before publishing the book As Sick as Our Secrets in 2012, Dr. Farber wrote Behind, wrote Behind the White Coat, a personal memoir, which was published in 2003. He co-authored Stepping Stones to Success with Deepak Chopra and Jack Canfield in 2011. He recently received a master's degree in healthcare administration from University of North California at Chapel Hill, and he currently resides in the Woodlands, Texas. He is looking forward to the hospitalist position that he now has gotten and will be starting and is very excited about. And in the meantime, this busy man just, oh, by the way, got certified as an instructor for the, or at the Deepak Chopra Center in meditation. So he is very interested, involved in integrative health, uh, mindfulness, conscious healing. There's a lot that he involves himself in now and really brings a lot to the table in what he's been through and what he now chooses to do to help the world. Recently, New York Times bestselling author Marianne Williamson said the following about Steve Farber's book. As Sick as Our Secrets is the candid, compelling story of a doctor's spiritual journey through the torment of addiction into the light and recovery. It's written from the heart and is an inspiration to everyone who has experienced the deepest, darkest night and is opening their eyes to the coming of a new dawn. Truly, couldn't have said it better myself. Read the book. Love it. Very, very inspirational and yet very moving, compelling book in the hardships that you will read through. So I'm going to welcome you, Dr. Stephen Farber. I'm so glad you're here with us for week two, and I appreciate it so very much. Oh, thank you for having me back on your show. I'm looking forward to part two, and <clears throat> I do appreciate your having reached out to me. I 
I think it's been a very special <clears throat> um, uh, uh, thing to know you, and I think that um, of all the interviews I've done up to this point in time, I think this is the most genuine one that I've, that I've had, <clears throat> and I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. And, 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 and the reason I reached out is because there's something so special about Dr. Farber and so special about his heart and what he is doing and what he's been through. And um, in my research, I, I didn't find my perception was that he was represented properly. And, and I talked to him and really heard what his plight was and wanted him to be able to really show his intelligence and share with you what he knows and what he wants. And I, I love that he has a forum to do so because he's way too special for you to miss some of the things he's going to share. He's just full of wisdom and we deserve to get some of that. So I'm going to read some answers to some questions like I did last week. Now, last week was about addictions and secrets. This week, the question was, do you think depression is something that can be changed by attitude or pills or is it possibly just wired right into the psyche? So here's some answers I'm going to read and then we'll check back in. Dan Steppel said, it can be changed by attitude or, or pills. He said, well, change, but maybe not for the better, but changed. Okay, that's fair enough, Dan. Lou War said, depression is quite complex. In some instances, from a scientific point of view, there is a problem with the chemicals in the brain. So that makes it more or less wired. In other, word, in, in other cases, the cause is situation. The efficacy of pills, therapy, or both varies based on many factors, which I could not possibly understand. Thank you for naming that, Lou, because it's true. Every situation is different and it needs to be looked into by someone who can understand. La Bonfame said, I'm not a doctor, but my conviction is that pills are not efficient, but are changing the brain in some strange way, alternative way. Nowadays, meditation seems to be useful against stress and depression, so maybe an organic way to try to fight against depression. And then she said, first of all, beware of depression. I like your last line. Very good. I wish the world would say the same thing. We'll hope for that. And Alexandra Lopaclock said, I'm not a psychologist, but probably depression could be changed by attitude. Okay. We'll take that. Fishing Kev said, sometimes it is a chemical imbalance, so you need to change that with meds. At least that is what I tell myself. Still, while on the meds, I still deal with bouts of depression. So more meds? Question mark. He says, no, just the self-realization that I have an illness helps. If that is the attitude piece, then yes to that also. Thanks for being honest, Fishing Kev. Thanks for putting out your vulnerability on that one, and I appreciate you joining in on this. Matthias Sieber said, a sound soul dwells within a sound mind and a sound body. Couldn't, couldn't like that more myself. I think we all wish for that. Leanne Montagni said, not a subject that one can isolate from the environment. Leanne, hallelujah. Can you put that on a billboard somewhere and put that up everywhere in every town? We cannot isolate this from the environment. So you are very right. Although I do believe it is isolated in many ways. I agree. It should not be. Scotty Barker and Mary Helen Ferris together said that they agree. Um, Scotty said, depending on how deep the depression is, I myself require both deep rest and medication and talking about it. Pretty critical. Talking about it. Big difference. Bert Larkin said, depression is a state of mind and whatever can influence people's thoughts can have 
effect upon depression. I prefer solutions like meditation and emotional releasing, like the Sedona method. But I understand that for many people, the path of least resistance toward wellness is through pills and pharmaceuticals. Whatever works for you, as long as you don't act out of fear. Fair enough. Thank you, Bert, for giving options to people who can choose the right option for them. Doug Wolfgram said, always a tough but important subject. Thanks for honoring the subject, Doug. It is important, and it is tough, so thanks. And Chris Manning said something like, this looks like it'll be a very interesting show. Again, honoring the material. It is interesting, and I hope we're interested in this. We need to get interested in this, people. That's how we're going to end up in a better place in the world. And so those were the depression answers. So having said that and moving back to you, I want to say again, Steve, anything come up for you in those? Pretty pretty good answers, sharp people, pretty insightful, do you think? I think you have a lot of insightful listeners on your show. I think um, some of the, <clears throat> the answers and the questions were, were incredible. I, could, I was thinking, wow, you know, when I was listening to some of those answers. Um, uh, the thing that I think that's important to understand, uh, some of the takeaways that I got from the answers and from my own personal experience is that there is no one-size-fits-all uh, answer to depression. Uh, it's, uh, it, there are different types of depression, first of all. There's primary depression, secondary depression, and you know, the, there, there are times it's just very normal to be depressed. You know, if you've lost a loved one, if you've you know, had something terrible, situational, type of depression, that's very, very normal. You know, and there are postpartum depressions, there are more secondary depressions that, that can be a little more severe, uh, and there are just genetically based depression, which is, which is my situation, which I think are more chemically related. But, you know, it's certainly a pill is not the answer for everybody. And I think one of the things that I've learned over time, and, and I just recently was certified to show for Center for, in Perfect Health, their Perfect Health program, which is an Ayurveda and Ayurveda is a, essentially a consciousness-based system of healing. And one of the major tenets of that is that is to find answers outside of pills, that there are answers to solutions to a lot of medical problems, you know, outside of taking a pill. And, it, again, it's consciousness-based uh, system. And, for example, meditation was mentioned in, in a few minutes ago in, in the answers. And meditation is something that uh, can help, be extremely helpful for anxiety problems and for depression. However, I want to put the, the uh, little bit of a caveat onto that is that if somebody is very severely depressed, meditation might make that worse. And I think it's one of those situations where I go to somebody who, who understands meditation, maybe who can teach it and knows there are situations where bringing somebody further into themselves, which is what meditation does. Meditation actually brings you further into yourself. And depression does that also. You know, depression tends to bring you into yourself in isolation, okay, and tends to, you know, uh, take you, takes you from the outside to the inside. And, um, you know, again, if people who are very severely depressed, meditation may not be the thing for them. Okay, that has that is something to consider, but I think by and large there are other ways to um, you know meditation is good for the majority of people with depression, and there are ways to to help people spiritually and physically and emotionally outside of taking a pill. But first, we have to understand the disease. You know, the depression is definitely something that we need to address, 
in our population as we need to all other emotional and mental illnesses. I think that's that's so, so valid. And as you talked about primary and secondary and and genetic or predisposed, and this just couldn't reinforce more that we need to get to people who are knowledgeable. And, and if you go to a therapist or a psychiatrist, and really ultimately it'll be a psychiatrist or a doctor at some level if it's getting into medication, but be sure that you feel comfortable with that person. So many people stay with someone they don't feel comfortable with, or they go through an experience and they don't like the doctor, but you know, well, the doctor said, I mean, that guy is an ass, but whatever. I mean, he told me I need to do it. So I'm doing it. You know, if you have any gut instinct, it's not right. Move on. And you have, that's your right. But I want to say, cause many things are misdiagnosed. So for example, you could be predisposed or genetically you know, predestined to have this, and someone says someone passed away. It's no big deal. I mean, it's it's. I'm sad for you, but you'll be over this in ninety days, and that's not true. There are triggers that launch us into something that we are predisposed to get, and so that's something to be aware of. I just want to put that out there. That could be for a fifteen year old too. A fifteen year old could have a breakup with a friend. Just a girlfriend. Two girlfriends can have a breakup in high school. And then this person, you know, all of a sudden, suicidal, you know, but they were predisposed by genes, by genetics to get this. It's just a triggering, you know, there's a triggering event that launches them into something that is actually very serious. So it's really important for us not to guess. Well, she had a fight with a friend. Of course, she's in her room crying, but I'm not going to pay attention to that. Oh, yeah, now she took down all her pictures, turned off the lights and brought up all the plastic knives to her bedroom. But, you know, I'm not going to worry about that. It's just a friend. We worry about that, you know, and and then again, people misdiagnose and think something's just depression and give a medication when it's bipolar. And that's the wrong move as well. So I can't say enough. And just as Dr. Farber has said, meditation can make it worse. What an insightful thing to say. That's true. It it could. You know, I just did some research a couple of days ago that said the same type of thing like that. The deep, it didn't, not so much meditation, but deep therapy. It talked about how deep therapy has so much value to dissect your past and what's gone on and pull your secrets out. But that if you're in a horrific state of depression or on the edge of suicide, that's not necessarily the time to go back to a place that is so haunted and dark for you and stay there until it's dissected to a T. That may not be what you need. In fact, forward moving actions that give you light you know, the drive you to the light, get you to the light switch. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, you know, Steve, there's so many things you say that I'm just, you know, I'm pumped up about. But um, talk to me about alternative medicine and integrative medicine, mindfulness, and, you know, conscious healing. What What are those things that you're involved in now? And what does that mean to somebody? I know you've touched on it, but can you talk a little more about it? Uh, yes, and I, the for me, uh, it's a wholly, totally different concept. Uh, I was trained as a physician in Western medicine, and um, in Western medicine, we're taught to chase the disease, okay, and that we're investigators. We're trying to come in generally after the fact and not as quite as interested in prevention, although I think it's getting a little more along those lines, but, you know, the system in the West, Western medicine teachings, and I was going through medical school, it's primarily focused on knowing this disease and how do you treat this disease, 
how do you diagnose this disease rather than how you prevent it and what causes it in the first place for it to, to occur. Whereas consciousness-based healing and system of call, like Ayurveda is, a good, is really an example of that, is that disease is really a lack of the normal balance in the body, that we normally have a balance in the case of Ayurveda, for example, between doshas, that, that our natural state is of health and that disease is a consequence of a lack of balance in our makeup, our spiritual, physical, and emotional makeup. And it, what it does is it really brings together the fact that mind, body, and spirit are all interrelated, and they're all one. We can't separate them. We have to look at the entire person. We can't, we can't just look at somebody and just say, okay, you have this disease, and not really look into the possible causes of it. For somebody who comes in with a heart attack, for example, you know, you, you look at the cholesterol, you look at a lot of those things, but, you know, do you really, as physicians, a lot of times we don't look at the social background of this. We don't look into the stressful job that, are, that may have brought this on. We don't look at the, a lot of the things in there, maybe, for example, marital problems that might have caused stress. We don't address things like that. We just tend to look for lab tests. We look for, you know, obviously physical exam, laboratory tests, things along those lines. Where is, this is more of a, the conscious-based system of healing, as they teach very often in Eastern medicine. I think more and more people are understanding and demanding it now in Western culture, uh, is, is a totally different philosophy. And it, it, instead of chasing diseases, we're really chasing health. We're going to look at this backwards from where we, a lot of people are used to looking at and where doctors are trained to looking at this, is that we want to restore the body to its natural balance of health. So it's a totally different system, and but the two integrated medicine is exactly that. It's integrating, integrating mind, body, and spirit, but also integrating the, the Eastern West, Western ways of looking at things. Because it's important to still, you know, in some situations, uh, treating somebody with a pill is important. Okay, so I think um, I mean, people used to come to me all the time as a physician, ask for alternatives, and there are a lot of very good alternatives to pills in a lot of situations. Okay. Uh, cholesterol, for example, sometimes you need to have a pill. Sometimes you can treat it all with alternatives. Unfortunately, very often it's easier to write a prescription for a pill than it is to teach people how else they can deal with this outside of a pill. And we tend to like to take shortcuts in our society positions. They very often tend to do that. And I think patients very often want shortcuts too and um, would like to find an easy way to deal with this problem rather than having to necessarily put time and effort into it, uh, for example, not necessarily having to exercise, not necessarily having to watch their diet, they'd rather take a diet pill. There are a lot of things where I think that um, people tend to want quick fixes, and that's not always the case. It's a Ayurveda and, and integrated medicine is a lifestyle. It is a, it's a, it involves lifestyle changes and doing the things that you need to do to keep your mind, body, and spirit in balance. I think I don't think it could have said that any better. I mean, it's keeping it's keeping that balance, and I think that. And there's also the whole fact that sometimes doctors want you to keep coming to them. I mean, if they could tell you, read this book, do this every night before bed, and all of a sudden you were starting to feel better, you might not need that pill. You might not need to go to them. And and I'm not saying every doctor's like that, but we all would like to preserve our career and have value and know that we're, you know, we're vital in some way in the capacity of someone's life. So sometimes 
you know, connecting to something that we have the power to write that prescription or the power to know a piece of information. Sometimes it's hard to hand it off. So I have tremendous respect for you just promoting a lifestyle and promoting a balance. And I do believe mind, body, spirit, and I join the immune system into that because I just say, you know, people are missing the fact that, you know, if whether you break your leg and you can't do all the things you love, you might get depressed or whether you're just terribly depressed, you might start to find that you have a lot of health conditions. So it's it's just a circular motion, but the balance comes from paying attention to what that is and doing something conscious. And again, and that's under under the direction of someone who's helping you. So there's just all we're saying on this show is there's options, there's options, and you should be talking to someone who's trained, you know, whether it's an MD that Dr. Farber does have, or whether it's a certification that he now has um, in, in, you know, from, from the Deepak Chopra Center, it's, it's something that says he's gotten training to be able to discuss these things with you. And I think that that's very, very critical. So we are going to take a break. We will go to break and come back. But again, we've got the end of the show and the end of the series. And we're going to start talking about what can we do or what are the best suggestions at hand at this juncture. So this is Lindsay Levinson. I am your host. It's Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. I so appreciate you guys staying on the line and listening. And please hang tight for the completion of the show. And our guest is Dr. Stephen Farber. We've had him here for two weeks. And that's precious time with him because he's a busy man. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. you do if you knew that you could not fail the dr pat show with dr pat basili is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health wellness and human potential dr pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists environmentalists educators business leaders inventors filmmakers authors artists mystics and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts this award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world tune in every thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. Adoption changes a family forever for the adopters as well as the adoptees. There are many adjustments that need to be made from lifestyle to financial and the personal rewards are unlimited. Listen every week for Your Adoption Coach with Kelly Ellison. We will examine in detail such topics as international and domestic adoption. We will talk with adoption professionals and hear stories about real families adopting. If you've been thinking about adoption or recently began the process, you'll want to tune in to be inspired every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Have you learned how to play the money game? There are all kinds of rules when it comes to money. Should I spend it now or save it for the ultimate rainy day? If I make a tiny mistake now, will it really affect everything in the long term? For the answers, tune in to Cultivate Your Financial Health with Wayne Firebaugh. You'll come away from each show with a better understanding of the rules of money and how it sets up your future. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time with a replay Saturdays at 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? 
Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace to speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. What can you find on Get Real Radio? Well, quite honestly, who you really are. Join host James Robinson each week for a program designed to reveal more about yourself and your world through words of wisdom and profound guests. You'll discover more about the spiritual movement and how it can work with you and alert you to problems you may not be aware of. It will educate, titillate, and enlighten your mind. Get Real Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This could end up being the best time of your week. You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's L-I-N-Z-I-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. Hi, this is Lindsay Levinson. We are back, and we are on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Our guest today, Dr. Stephen Farber. Boy, we've done a journey. This is a two-part series. His book is As Sick as Our Secrets. I want to keep saying that. While he has not come here to promote his book, I personally have because it's helpful. Things that are helpful are worth reading. I'm reading more than I ever have before. I'll be honest with you. I don't even like to read. I am reading because I want to know the material of the people I'm talking to, but this book stood out for me. It is a precious book. It's got a compelling story, and it has value in understanding a concept that is so basic back to the beginning of time. Our secrets, we keep secrets, and they make us sick. And then we want to hide them. And then we do things to numb them. And then people judge us and they get mad at us. They're mad we ever had a secret. They're mad at the things we're doing to hide the secret. They're mad that we numbed it with some addiction. Now they're mad we're depressed because we're hiding our secret. (laughs) Could we all stop being mad at each other and have some compassion over what is going on? People are hurting and we need to really think about this. So we are back to talking about alternative medicine There's nothing wrong with medications or Western medicine, but Eastern medicine has a tremendous amount to offer. And Dr. Steve Farber is, of course, still a Western doctor who has a position as a hospitalist who he is about to launch into and certainly practiced for 25 years. But he's also now certified through the Deepak Chopra Center as a meditation instructor. So let's talk about meditation because... People sometimes snub it. They think it's kind of goofy. Uh, they tie it into other things, you know, you know, um, and thinking it's like, you know, a yoga position, which, you know, yoga's coming of age unto itself is one of the healthiest things you can possibly do. But talk to us about, you know, alternative medicine and meditation to begin with. What's healthy about it? What are people saying about it? What can you tell us about that? 
you know, I was one of those people who originally had a misconception about <clears throat> what meditation is and what it's not. Uh, I grew up in the 60s, and uh, back then, uh, I thought the people who meditated were people who lived out in California <laughs> and <laughs> basically took LSD and followers of Timothy Leary. You know, that was my initial impression, and I told Dr. Chopra that, actually, when I met him. And um, I was, my, I, my faith, basically, in meditation was really low. And I went out to the Chopra Center two years ago, initially, to get credits, medical credits, to, you know, basically for my career. And when I was there, it, it, I really got immersed into the entire experience of yoga and meditation. I learned a lot about it and really learned that there's a lot of scientific basis to meditation. <clears throat> it actually alters our brain chemistry. If you look at, for example, uh, scans, brain scans, they call PET scans, the, the, um, they look at brain metabolism. There are areas of anxiety that light up in us normally, and then with med- when meditation occurs, when you're doing better, when you're meditating, those areas become silent, and other areas of your brain start to uh, basically get more active that are more peaceful centers. So you can actually look at these centers by scans, and they found that it is, you know, I, my own personal experience, and that's really what I guess I should really talk from here, is uh, that it has altered my life tremendously. Meditation is one branch of yoga. There are eight limbs of yoga, and meditation is one of those limbs. And, um, it, it, again, it's part of an entire process. Yoga is a, is a spiritual, not just a physical set of asanas, which they call which are movements. I was never kind of person who could put my foot behind my ear. So I was actually, I had a total misconception about yoga because I'd go to the yoga class and there'd be these 30-year-old women who could put their foot behind their ear, stand on their <laughs> head, and, you know, I never thought that, hey, this is not for me. And then I realized that yoga is very spiritual. It's, it's very good for your body. It's very good for you emotionally, but it's also a spiritual experience, and it ties in so much with meditation. But I found that this, for meditating, and I've been a meditator now for about two years, that it changes your life. And I think one of the best ways I could describe this is that um, it puts you in touch with yourself internally, who you really are. And instead of looking for answers outside of ourselves, which we tend to do, we look for solutions outside of ourselves, we come to realize through meditating that the answers are truly within us. They're way within us all, and we just have to open ourselves up to them. At the same time, we're opening ourselves up to something greater than ourselves. You know, and I, I truly believe that there is the universal energy, or some people may want to call it a God consciousness, there is a spiritual energy that connects all of us. And that when you meditate, you're opening yourself up to the flow, that flow of energy that we basically are shut off to at a, most of the rest of our, our time because we're too involved with all of our other activities. We're too involved with getting dinner ready for the kids or going to work or having to be here. They are everywhere. So I think that as a society, we're so, you know, we're so addicted to having to do activity that we tend to this, we, we shut off that internal um, ability to connect with ourselves. And I think that's sad. So meditating, I think, opens that channels up to really finding the answers within ourselves and realizing that basically at the same time that there are solutions that are there that we just have to really open ourselves up to. There increases, uh, and I found personally that it has, that there has been more synchronicity in my life, that, that, uh, that I have found that things tend to happen more in my life without explanation. And a lot of people can explain that coincidence, there are no such thing as coincidences. There are, I think, more meaningful experiences, <laughs> basically. And um, that, that meditation is life-changing. And, I, and it's hard to understand a challenge 
your viewers, if they have the time and opportunity to go to the Chopra Center, I'm not necessarily putting a plug in for them, but it is a place that um, I think you can immerse yourself in, in this for over a period of a weekend or a week. They have meditation weekends where they teach you how to meditate. I myself, I'm open to teaching anybody how to meditate. I enjoy it, and I enjoy bringing that light to other people and um, seeing the people need to really see the potential within themselves. You know, I think you have to, you'll find, you know, you, you can judge your meditation strictly by the things that happen in your life after you meditate, a result of your meditation. And I think that, uh, for me, again, it's been very life-changing on an emotional level. I've found that I've been less depressed. I found that um, you know it's extremely good for anxiety, and also very good for for um, really for post traumatic stress. And um, a lot of people now, meditation instructors, are going to the VA hospitals, are going to people who have, are suffering from PTSD, and and found it to be extremely important. People are taking it to the workplace, to firefighters, to police officers, to people who are in very high stress situations, and. Um, it has. I think people are starting to understand that meditation is something that, when you integrate it with a lot of other things, whether it's yoga or, you know, again, traditional medicine prevention techniques to keep our mind, body in good health, and doing the right things, making the right choices in our lives to maintain our health and promote health, that it's an extremely important facet of our well-being. And again, I think um, uh, it, it can't. Uh, people tend to not understand it. I think that's part of the problem. Uh, and people tend to have opinions about it through lack of understanding. And I think that uh, one of the points I want to bring home here today is that how how important meditation could be in your life if you give it a chance, but as part of an overall program of health. So, how can people better understand? Do you suggest that besides the center? Is it something that do they need to seek out someone that can be a mentor and specialist to teach them, or can they go to a bookstore and and you know there's clearly lots of books on this now. Well, you know, are any of these options fine, or do you have a recommendation how people can best immerse themselves in this and end up with a positive experience? Yeah, you don't have to go to a weekend at the Chopra Center to learn how to meditate. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> There are people actually who can who are very good instructors. I think reading about it is an extremely good way to start. There are instructors out there that are certified, such as myself, who can help teach groups uh, or individuals who want to learn how to meditate. And there are so many different kinds of meditation. There's no one size fits all for meditation. Uh, there, there's a variety of different types of meditation. Uh, my particular certification is something, something called primordial sound meditation, which is a mantra-based meditation, kind of like TM, and, uh, but there are also visualized meditations or guided meditations. Uh, you can meditate online, actually, the Chopra Center and uh, Deepak Chopra and Oprah Winfrey have something they call the meditation experience, <clears throat> which is actually going on now, and I'm doing that. It's a 21-day meditation experience, and all you have to do is sign up for it through the Chopra Center, and you go through a daily meditation with them online, and uh, <clears throat> they guide you through it through the meditation. And uh, so there are ways to do this without leaving your home and how to meditate. It's something some people meditate by going to a beach and watching the waves and this opening your senses to the variety of sights and the smells that are around you and integrating all of that in, you know, in a healthy way into your, into your being. Because to me, there's no greater meditation than actually just going out and feeling the sun hit you and hearing the waves hit the beach and uh, hearing the seagulls and just, you know, smelling the salt air. That, to me, is a, is a really great meditation. 
So people have different concepts of what meditation truly is, and there's no... Some people tend to gravitate more towards one than the other and find that it helps them more than another. Again, <clears throat> for me in particular, I use a couple of different types of meditation, but they all can be equally good. And I think it's anything that puts you in touch with your senses, with yourself, internally, takes you away from all of the outside activity and all of the stuff that, that really intrudes on our, on our well-being and our lives and creates havoc within us. I think anything that gets you away from that is really a form of meditation. And um, I, tried, I highly advocate it. Again, it's, it's one of several, one of many different things. Uh, again, I want to make sure that we, <clears throat> as a society, also understand the importance of trying to disintegrate the myths that surround addiction and uh, depression and other mental illnesses. And I think <clears throat> really I want to emphasize how important it is that we bring focus to these problems, not just on an intermittent basis, but create channels of really helping other people on a regular basis, helping people realize that it's okay to be open about their problems without fear of being judged. And that may involve community programs. It may involve reaching out to our leaders, to the press, to different people who can help put programs together in our communities that can make it very safe for people to... um, reach out for helping others, and, and, and privacy, not necessarily coming forward in front of other people and, and with fear of, the, of admitting weakness or fear of admitting their problems, make it a very safe haven for people in our communities to come forward with their problems and ask for help. And it's important, on the other hand, that we also reach out to people who we feel need help and not be afraid to, in one way, shape, or form, approach them and, and ask them if they need help. And that may involve, you know, people maybe being available for mentoring, mentorship programs. I know with physicians, uh, addiction is, is about, found about 15% of addictions and probably in general population about the same. And um, we, as a physician, I want to reach out to other doctors and help them deal with their issues that they have on a, on a daily basis. But in, in every profession, every walk of life, you know, we find people who have problems. And I think that um, we need to it's, it, addiction is, is, uh, does not play favorites. It's out there that it's an equal opportunity disease and it has potential to hit all of us. And I think that um, we need to make sure that we open channels to help other people and also work on ourselves. We, we need to look to do things that will be, to promote healthy lifestyles with ourselves and with a diet, meditating, you know, doing natural types of things to help your body and mind and spirit. But we also need to reach out to other people. So the, it, it's not, there's not one simple one-size-fits-all solution to addiction and depression. I think it's a multifaceted issue that needs to be addressed on so many different levels. Yeah, you know, I think, well, first of all, I want to ask you, because we never named one other than me talking about your book, and maybe there isn't one, but I want to make sure I don't miss it. it do, do you have a website, because you talked about that you could teach people and certainly Google you, but is there a Facebook or a particular address or anywhere that people could reach you if they wanted to talk to you further about? Yeah, sure. The, uh, uh, there is a Facebook page, actually, called The Six Is Our Secrets that people, I welcome people to, to come to, and uh, please feel free to write to me um, you know, through face, message me through Facebook, or I'd be happy to give people my email address if they want to contact me directly. That, that's fine, too. 
And you want to give that now, or you want to give it if they hit you up through a Sigazar Secrets? Well, I, I, let me go ahead and I think give both routes. If you know people can can uh, message me through Sigazar Secrets, and my email address is sfarbermd at sbcglobal.net. And I, I welcome anybody to email me or contact me through Facebook. Either both fine. But I think one thing that's very important for me is to help other people. And um, since I wrote the book, one of the nice things about having written this book is that people have come to me saying, gee, I really have a, I've got a family member who, who has this issue and I need help in understanding it better. And since I think when you're up front and you come forward, forward and admit your own problems, other people gravitate to that. And they're more likely to open up themselves and make themselves more vulnerable. So there is some aspect where I think if, you, if you're able to show some vulnerability, I think other people will themselves come, you know, basically and, and try to connect with you and understand the disease and be willing to admit more that they have certain things that they, that they are struggling with on a daily basis. Right. I think the greatest word that comes up for me here is respect. And while people were so quick to judge and when you lost your medical license and everyone was quick to analyze again, the reasons why and what did you do and why did you do this? And so are you sure you should have done that? And didn't you think twice? And, you know, and it's like, Every one of us has our skeletons and every one of us has the places we've messed up in this lifetime and multiple times, I'm quite sure. And and so, you know, the parts that make us triumphant is how do we walk through it? We're not supposed to not mess up. That's really not what this life's about. I always say if we're perfect and we're not going to mess up, don't bother getting up tomorrow. I mean, there's nothing to grow, no place to learn. So we are meant to have mess ups. The question is, what do we do with it? And what strength do we bring to that situation? And what learning can we bring? And then can we offer anything to, t- to help the next person find the light switch when they're stuck in the dark? And I know I'm in my position, not as a radio host, although that is a grown expansion of a coaching practice, but I'm in a coaching practice due to tragedy. And so it, it, it was tragedy, you know, from when I used to be in a corporate world that took me to a different place where my plight was to help everybody find a light switch because I didn't ever think I'd find mine, and then I did. And so then when I realized I did, it was pointless to roll up quota to anybody when I could help other people find a light switch every day. So that's, you know, I I think it's really important when you talk about promoting ourselves in healing and then reaching out, that's a respect factor. And people can really respect if you have done that and and what you've been through and your stamina to stand back up and say, I've got to keep marching one foot in front of the other until I can figure this out. And when you talk about, you know, telling your story and and being truthful, I just, um, just had on the show, um, David Tuckerow Jr. But, you know, he, he's a book bad to the bone was written about him by, um, Marilla Scott. And, and, and so he had leukemia, but what he went through was such a horror and such a nightmare, but what he, he couldn't say enough, and he also said in all the interviews he did, no one gave him the chance. He really appreciated the interviews because 
the storytelling was so critical to him. He said, Marilla changed my life and she changed my healing. She believed me. She listened to me. She witnessed me. She didn't judge the crazy things I said that happened to me while I was, whether I was on pills or this or that, that wasn't what it was. It was spiritual happenings and awakenings that were happening as he was dying and coming back and a variety of things. And he said, even his family wouldn't have ever understood until they read the book. They actually read the book to find out some of the things he'd been through because he couldn't tell them until that story was finished. And so he can't say enough about what the storytelling piece of sharing with another meant to the healing. So I think that you've really brought up something valid here that to share with another, I really encourage you all, if you're listening, you know, he's given you his address, sfarbermd at sbcglobal.net and the Facebook, As Sick As Our Secrets. So I think that it's critical that you you know, get wisdom from someone who's walked a journey that's hard and found their way to a better, a better place. And he's right. There's a lot of things to learn about. And, you know, the whole meditation, we label things and then we decide, oh, I don't meditate or I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible. We have these labels, but it's truth. All, all that I think Dr. Farber is saying is if you can be alone with yourself and be with your truth, and be clean and remove the white noise of the rest of the world, that's a healthy moment. And in a healthy moment, that's what I'm talking about. You're not wearing dark glasses or rosy ones. You're wearing clarity. You're wearing your your glasses that bring clarity. And you can get somewhere with those. You'll get the right place you want to go. So I think that that's really critical. And I know we're moving toward the end again, so I'm going to give you um, a chance to say, you know, I know we only have like a minute, but anything, you know, we want to remove the stigma. We definitely want to talk to our kids about good coping techniques when they're young. Um, You know, like you and I both talked about asking for help psychiatrically, therapeutically. Um, Anything else, Dr. Farber, that you want to name kind of quickly before we, I do my logistical kind of close? I think you've hit on a lot of great points today. Uh, Lindsay, and I think, first of all, I just want to say I've got a, a lot of gratitude for having been invited to be on your show. And um, I have a lot of gratitude in general cause I, uh, for a second chance in my life. And I really do believe that life is all about second chances and sometimes third chances or fourth chances. And I think if we give people a chance, I think there are more people out there who are willing to give second chances and understand the need for second chances because they've been there and they, they themselves have needed second chances in their lives or third chances. And, um, you know, I'm very grateful for that. And, um, and I hope people have, have, we've touched a few people's hearts today and their minds and that we've reached out to some people who, who really would like to be helped and like to help other people. So thank you very much. You're so welcome. We're thanking you. And, and listening audience, feel free to Facebook. Feel free to write me as well. Let me know if you want, you know, more of this information. We certainly did have to rush through it. We can do more shows on this. So let me do my Lindsay Logistic closing stuff. Okay, today we discussed removing the stigma around addiction and depression. We discussed an open communication attitude with children, adults, trying to talk about this stuff. Let people know they're safe to tell us if they need support, help, treatment, just love. Prevention and intervention, they're vital. But without straight talk, these can't even be put into action. 
And Dr. Stephen Farber, you know, he's come to this two-part series and he's brought us so much value because he's told us his true story. I mean, losing of a medical license and getting it back and, 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 and working toward learning another way to practice medicine as well and integrative health. And, you know, again, all I can say is that's a triumph. That is just such a triumph. And I would look up to anyone like that. And I'm so back from February, you know, kind of in awe of this man. So I, I think we, we were so lucky to have him. Here's my Lindsay Life secret. Start young and be proactive on this subject. Talk about depression. Talk about addiction. Talk about suicide. Talk about it in your homes. Talk about it in your schools. Talk amongst your friends. Addiction, anxiety, panic. Stop trying to tell people they're okay. And stop trying to tell people they're overreacting. And please stop saying it could be worse. Stop saying that to people. I'm going to go back to Robin Williams, what we mentioned before. I don't think anyone could have said to Robin Williams, ah, oh, it, it could be worse. And he, he wouldn't have killed himself. That wouldn't have been a strategy that would have worked. So we need other things. And maybe nothing would have worked. But it could be worse isn't really the best strategy. I want you to remember, it's not about what you think. We all have opinions on why someone shouldn't take pills, what someone's doing wrong, why they shouldn't be addicted, why meditation's kooky. We, we can have our own opinions. That's good. Nothing to do with it, though. If we want a paradigm shift, we have to stop and think about what another is feeling. What's somebody else afflicted with? And, and, and forget about what you think. Help communicate. Help and communicate, and do not judge, and do not punish. You can't judge, and you can't punish, and then continue to judge, and continue to punish. Like, this just won't work. It won't work. It's not going to solve anything. Integrative health is where we're headed. Meditation, self-soothing, learning true tools to cope, and most of all, being loved through it all will be part of a paradigm shift we can play a significant role in. Next week, let me move on to that to tell you that our guest is Alan C. Fox. He is a New York best-selling author, and you have to tune in for the show. Bill Cosby stated about his book, People Tools, this book will do a lot for the world. While Alan was our guest on April 2nd this year of 2014, he will be back next week. Why? Because he's got a new release. He's got People Tools for Business, and our guest he has enjoyed a number of lifetimes in his, in his 72 years. He's had university degrees in accounting, in law, education, professional writing, CPA, real estate. He's the publisher of Rattle, one of the most respected literary magazines in the U.S., and he sits on the board of directors of many nonprofit foundations. He brings to the table family background and business background. Don't miss the show. Thanks for choosing this show this week. We hope we added value Please make time to tune in next week. Our guest has been Dr. Stephen Farber. I'm Lindsay Levinson. This is Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. I hope you'll get as sick as our secrets, and I hope you have a magnificent week. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.